Welcome to Pull the Pin Ready, a place where average veterans come to share their opinions on the world we live in. We can't guarantee you're going to like our opinions. But we promise we're going to enjoy giving them to you. I'm Jim. And I'm Mike. And that's why. Jerry. The pressure. Yeah, right. The pressure to say hello. Yeah, we get a kick out of it. So, what's on your mind? And welcome back to the show, first and foremost, there, Jerry. Wags. Thanks. I appreciate y'all having me again. All right. Tonight I have with me my companion. The only thing I took with me out of Fort Irwin, California. (laughs) Okay. That's the only thing. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. So I had this little memento to remember my days in uh, Fort Irwin, California. Remember my time of having to defecate in a plastic bag because you couldn't do it in the desert. Yeah, I don't know how times have changed, but now when you're wow. at uh, when I'm you're in never, training there, I've never heard anybody doing that stateside. Yeah, okay. I hope we're not talking about that today, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I know we're a little off topic, but imagine imagine your experience in the desert having to drop a deuce in a plastic bag. Worse than that, imagine being the the Joe that has to go around and collect the bags in the back of the truck for processing. I think worse than that is who's the guy holding your bag? <laughs> processing. Yeah. I'm trying to process everything you just said. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold the bag. I mean, I can't even keep it steady. Holy crap. No pun intended. But... <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a crap well, detail to get put on. Yeah, well, Wags, uh, speaking of qualifications, right? <laughs> speaking of qualifications, right? Perfect segue. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about there, Wags? This is kind of a transition into why veterans have challenges getting employment outside of the Army. Mm. (laughs) Their experiences that they um, may may bring up may not directly relate to civilian employment and employability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you find certain industries like to hire veterans and certain ones avoid them? Well, if you find an industry that does like to hire vets, let me know. I have a resume for them. Mm, um, I'm not sure you want to do police work anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I have. You know, you you always hear um, before you're getting out. The civilian market loves veterans. Everybody loves veterans, and. That's just not been my. Uh, that's just not been my experience. There may be those companies that, that do love veterans, um, but I just wasn't able to, to find those type of agencies. Um, I probably hold a pessimistic view on this, but I wonder if there isn't still a stigma to hire some veterans, especially with the the idea of PTSD and. Um, the idea of unreliability in civilians' minds. Um, I don't know that that your average civilian industrial job really thinks as highly of military as we would hope that they would. And as a matter of fact, I I feel like a lot of the the marketing that is done to quote intentionally hire veterans. Um, is more for public relations and 
image of the company rather than to actually intentionally recruit and hire veterans. Yeah, there could be some truth to that. I think two things you're missing. Um, one, you should have went in the Air Force because then you'll get a job in the civilian world right off the bat. Or two, you should have picked an MOS where you can go work for the government doing the same damn thing, making three times the money. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation. That's yeah. true. And I, no, I definitely agree. There, there are some jobs out there uh, that, that are so marketable and that you are qualified for from the military. Uh, that you can you can go right into those jobs, but you know, generally speaking, I, I think I think I speak on behalf of the majority of veterans that struggle to find their place in the community, to find employment, um, do something that they consider meaningful. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of the majority view. Mm, I, I would agree with you if you're not located near a military installation. You know what I mean? Because there are a lot of uh, government jobs, contracting jobs, you know, on military basis. Not saying that you're automatically going to get you'll be recruited for one one position or another, but I think that it'll better your chances with the when uh, as a vet, your your resume will stand out more for military. You know what I mean? Military type jobs. You know, it it might, but now you get me thinking about. VA preference on DOD jobs and I don't know fellas I, I've applied for a lot of DOD jobs and with my with the preference that I should be given uh, I've only landed one I've only landed one job with a master's degree and it was a GS5 position um, I don't know about preference, VA preference when it comes to, to getting a job. Uh, I, I think there's somehow a system out there and, I, and I've heard of I've heard of such things as direct hire and I've heard of such things that, a, that a, this vet is able to hypothetically walk directly into a job if they're the if they meet the minimum qualifications of the job. I've heard all this shit but yeah, I haven't experienced I've heard too, but I can honestly say those days are over. I'm yeah, there was a, a transition too, wasn't there? There was a transition yeah. with this last war that the people were not, it's not that the qualities of the vet weren't wanted, it was the fact that they knew people were going to be gone. So I remember that transition. I don't know what's happened since then. Yeah, I could, I could, I could speak on this only from um, personal experience, I guess. Now, if you're applying for a position and you have that preference there are other preferences that outweigh yours and it took a lot for me to grasp that you, you know what I mean and the main one is they have this whew, abundant amount of GS or government employees overseas who are looking to come back home stateside that's number one on the list they get it they get it. You got 30, 30 point preference, whatever. Okay. All right. <laughs> and this was told to me by uh, a hiring manager. He was like a GS 14. He said, no, it's not. No, Mike, you can't, you can't top those guys. Master's degree, 30 point preference. It doesn't matter. And they have a, and, wow. I mean, you got, and you have to think about it. A lot of those guys and ladies, those GS employees over there, they have like one year contract. So every year you're fighting against that. And I know people who are overseas, GS employees, and they come back. They say, oh, yeah, I beat someone out. 
I just applied for a GS was it 12. I think it was a 12. And I just happened to have like a little inside scoop and the guy who was coming for, from Korea, I knew I didn't have a shot. And another guy who applied for it was coming from, I think, Japan. Like, oh, wasn't nowhere in the world. Oh, I, but I said, okay, I get the experience with the, you know, interviews and everything. Ooh. So I understand that that procedure and those uh, preferences. So, you know, like you, I got, ex- I got a, I think it was a GS6. And I just can't, I can't. Financially, I just can't go down that low and start because I know, like some people tell me, they say you'll uh, go up the scale so fast, but I just can't, you know. Now, if the kids want to stay out the house, I'll go take a GS2, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go hold me a plastic bag and catch some poop. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there are prefaces that, believe it or not, I don't know if you knew that, Wags, but there's prefaces out there that outweigh ours. Yep. And nepotism is on that list too. Somebody no, no, I, I disagree. And that's yeah. all. I, that's all I have for that. I just disagree. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so let's let's let's. Those are the military connected jobs. If you're talking about civilian connected jobs, there's no requirement to even tell them you're in the military, right? I mean, there's nothing. No. So no. those will be really just as a regular civilian with the credentials you got. Yeah. There's a you're right, there's a voluntary a voluntary disclosure of yeah. disability, and I have no idea why you'd want to voluntarily de- declare to a civilian agency that you want a job with that you're disabled. Yeah, you got to that bombshell on them after you get the job. Yep. That yeah. way you're you're protected from you know being fired for that reason. So yeah, yeah, as long as it's voluntary, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because well, I, I tell you, there's companies out there like. Uh, oh, sorry, what's sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. There's companies out there like uh, like Lockheed Martin and, and those big aerospace places. You know, they like hiring vets. I, yeah. I've seen it. Obviously, yeah. they want you know. That's the main reason why you know, because they it, some of those jobs pay very well too. And let me tell you another secret. Let me tell you another yeah. secret. Um, in fact, the word secret almost was in it. If you have a clearance that the government paid for, you get a job, too, before a lot of other people. Because that's an expensive thing. I learned this the hard way when I took a, a job working uh, for the government. And I didn't realize I took a pay cut. And one of the guys that was my uh, co-worker is like, how much are they paying you? I'm like, we ain't supposed to discuss that. Only because I didn't want to embarrass myself. Right. But he's like, oh, really? He's like, did you have any idea? He told me what the, the cost of my clearance was. If he had told me that before my interview, uh, I'd be making what he was making. But no, I took the cut because I didn't realize that my clearance, somebody else paid for, and this company just benefited from. Yeah. And it's it's in the 20, 20, 20 some odd thousand bucks around yeah. there. Yeah. I have to renew mine right about now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of in a lot of ways they get around that is like uh next thing you know, some positions don't require that clearance. Mm. You know, when you're talking about uh government contracts. So you know, over time those positions uh let's say declassified, if you will, and now you don't need a uh government well, secret clearance and then that way they don't have to charge the government as much money for said position. So they don't have to pay as much. Right. Yeah. So, Wags, maybe you're in the wrong shopping cart. Yeah, maybe I am. 
Well, just one more thing about DOD jobs, though. You know, a lot of times they'll um, they'll post a job for like seven days, and you know when they post a job for seven days that it's already internally they've already got their person picked out. Yep. Yeah, that's a requirement. Gonna, they have to post it. Yeah, you're not going to get that. So, um, yeah, I had a buddy though that worked his way up through the GS system pretty quickly. Um, when I say quickly, it took him. Um, four or five years, I think. But he told me, take the, get in a GS five um, or six job anywhere you can, and having an advanced degree, you know, serve your, I think it's two years in that position, and now you've served two years at the GS five or six level plus have a degree. He said it's early enough to where then you can put in. So let's say I'm working at the VA hospital and I, and I'm working in. Um, I'm working as a as a clerk inputting data for new patients um, at the GS five or six level in two years. Then I can put in and request a transfer for the seven to eight level mm-hmm. in a different area like contracting because you're right. still considered trainable at the six to seven level. You're not considered like a supervisor proficient. You're still learning. So, and that's what he did. He, he started out in something and went to contracting and then with a master's degree um, and a series of going up in grade with uh, different positions. I think he's like at the 12 level now. Yeah. But took persistence and willingness to, to change. And plus he, he does have a VA hospital that obviously you have to have a hospital that's fairly near you to work for the VA. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you this, man, a, a lot of it is like your friend and like what I was just speaking on earlier. If you could get in at a low level yeah, with those advanced degrees, yeah, you move up quick. Three to five years, yeah, it'll all be behind you. You know, and I, I feel like for – I understand what you're saying, like Lockheed Martin, take them for example. I don't know their specific criteria, but if they are – I mean, I'm believing they're as military-friendly as you say they are. But I feel like they're looking for they're looking for certain things. They're not looking for me. They're not looking for an infantry dude. They're looking for you know avionics, electricians, people, mechanics that were working on aircraft, engineers, pilots. I mean, they're they're not looking for. Well, I was a I was a tanker, or I was a, um, you know, as an infantry dude, or I was a chaplain. I mean, they're not giving us any preference because we're trying to get in with. I mean, Clark. I put in with them. I put in with a lot of companies, though, and I didn't see anybody moving around just because I served. Well, I can't, like I said, I can't speak for Lockheed Martin, and I can't speak. I can only speak to my experience, and uh, I'm not an electrician. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was military police in the Army. So my experience with Lockheed was, what, I'm going to guard a door? No, that's not what I was hired for. They they literally wanted my top secret clearance. They wanted my clearance. I'm telling you, the clearance is worth money. I, I know, Mike, yeah. you got a secret. I had a top secret at the time. And because what they do is a lot of secret stuff because it's for the government. A lot of times they have programs for the government, so they want that clearance or at least to know that you're clearable. And um, then they'll, they'll look at your skills after that. And then if you're one of those high-skilled like that, uh, for me per- personally – I took a lower paying job, which was still good. And I learned how to solder cables, you know what I mean? It was like NASA standard stuff that, you know, so I learned the job. They actually, the the government 
it was the state government had one of those programs where they teach you. They like pay for your training until the company hires you. And they hired me right on after they, they put me through the training. So there's, there's possibilities out there. It's, I guess you got to know the right angle. They got to know the right approach, which was like Mike was talking about. Maybe you need a job overseas as a GS five and then you come back and you know, maybe that's the angle. Where you want. Yeah, but the thing with that is uh, GS5 is low level, um, let's say, and everyone's going for that one. Overseas, everyone, because people know the system now. They know the game, so they know that there's do a year over there. Let's say you get your GS6, but when you want to come back, you have priority. You have priority. And they're going to offer you something. They might offer you something up in Idaho or whatever. Take it, Right. Cause you know, like like your friend did, Wags. Yeah, I'm gonna put my year or two in, and then I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> and then once again, they'll have preferences over people like us now who are applying from off the street. Yeah, so it's a it's a system out there, you know, game that has to be played at times. But there's there's good job. Where are you located again, Wags? Um, so I'm in a small city. You don't have to tell him everything. Just tell him kind no, of east, generally. East of Asheville, about He's an hour. North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So part of the problem, I mean, part of the challenge for me, admittedly, is I'm a victim of my own choices. I live in a rural county um, where the, the biggest city in the county probably has 15,000 people in it, I guess. So, I mean, I have to travel – uh, to a different county, to the county Asheville's in, or another neighboring county, you know, to even look for employment. Yeah, you you kind of hit it on the head right there because if you think about it, you can't like grow certain flowers in the desert. So if you are in the wrong environment, then you're not going to find the job you're looking for. That's right. really tough out that way. You get closer, yeah. like Mike said, to a military base, you're going to probably have a whole lot more opportunities open up. Yeah, are you willing to move? Um, no, not not at the point in life that I'm that I'm at now. And my wife's got a good job. She's a um, nurse, and she's got a working in it for a great company and a great um, environment. And she's actually. She's got my dream job as I would envision my dream job to be where she works four days a week. So every day, every weekend is a three-day weekend. Wow. And she gets to work almost 40 hours, you know, like 35 hours, 34 hours. And, and that's a great deal to be able to get a three-day weekend every weekend. So yeah, you know my next question is. Will I become a nurse? Yeah. Are they hiring? <laughs> Are you, you got it move? in yeah <laughs> but no that's another problem that we uh we have as vets you know especially when we're up in age you know that we're settled in you know wherever we are most likely we're homesteading so we're not willing to move or in some cases we're not able to move you know so now we're limiting ourselves to certain jobs slash positions or what have you and companies we can apply for. There is good news. There's good news though, Mike, right? If you just wait a year, minimum wage might be up to 30 bucks and you won't even have to go anywhere. You can just flip burgers. There's good news, man. 
that's so true. A, that's true. I talked to a job, um, a career coach for quite a while that, that experienced the career coaching. Um, I was unfamiliar with the with that occupation and specialty. And one thing I learned from that is that she taught me almost everybody that gets a job, lands a job, has done so by some type of networking on some level. Very few people just drop off and um, like the amount of people that put in for an online service like Monster for one job is is unbelievable. Um, and sometimes networking doesn't mean you have to know somebody, but it may mean you have to introduce yourself in person or call the HR office and ask if you can come by for an informational interview, um, express interest in the company um, on a personal level. But, you know, she said the amount of people um, that just blanketly put out interviews or put out resumes, drop resumes for applications that actually get hired for a position and they have no other contact. Um, it's pretty low that, that most jobs come from that personal touch or someone you know that says, hey, there's a position in my company. Um, I can give you HR's, even HR's email directly, you know, mm-hmm. no person in HR, you can put your resume to them mm. uh, just to get your resume even looked at. But do you blame them? I mean, let's say you're the company hiring. Wouldn't you rather have a validated person through connection than just taking a chance on a random guy who knows how to write a resume? I guess guess that's fair. So why aren't you working these networks? I I joined one of those networking company things. And let me tell you, you get in there, there's people that are real estate agents, financial services. If you can sell things, man, you probably get hired by one of those people. If you're willing to put in the work, there's work out there. There sure is. And, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, standing out in front of a 7-Eleven waiting for a pickup truck. There's work out there. You, you know, just got to be willing to do it. And if, and if like Mike's, to Mike's point, as we get older, there's certain limitations we have on ourselves, our bodies are limitation, things like that. So we can't just take any job and we can't do it. Or so we believe we can't. But either way, if you're willing to put in the work, there's plenty. Why don't you start your own business? Oh, I've done that and failed a couple of times. I'm good. Okay, so you know how to fail, so now you know how to get it right, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good. So you know what I, what I have done personally is because of all my challenges of getting employment and maintaining employment, finding and maintaining something that's suitable for me and that I'm qualified to do. Um, I actually applied to the VA for vocational rehabilitation, and I got approved through their system to go back to school and get a degree in something that um, that I would enjoy doing that, that's suitable for me and that I'm suitable you know that I'm suitable fit for and so I, I'm thinking when I'm done with this assuming that I get through the, the program well I don't think there'll be a problem with employability when I'm when I'm done yeah I actually you know I got turned down for that program they said I was too employable. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, wow. they didn't want me to go back to school. Wow. I never anyone getting uh, denied for that. I, yeah, I was denied because my resume looked good, and they said, oh, you can get a job with this resume. I'm like. Well, you know, see, to me, then you should have, um, that's going to sound bad, but you should have the right to go up to them and say, okay, then find me a job. 
Right. You're, right. you're the ones that I applied for that they I wasn't selected even for an interview. So something's not right here. You know, that's why people always say USA jobs. I'm like, uh, okay, it's, it's, it's a crap shot. But I tell you, you know, you just roll the dice. But I'm a firm believer in if you only send out two resumes, you know, your eyes are getting a position type position we're all probably uh, talking about here. Your eyes are getting a position of probably more slim. When I got out the military, I remember because this wasn't the day of, uh, you know, the Internet. So you had to go down to, you know, Kinko's or mailboxes, etc. Not UPS store, you know. <laughs> you had to go down to one of those locations, make copies of your DD form 214 and all of that. And I sent out 29, no, 31 uh, packets for government jobs. And out of that 31, I got three interviews. And out of the three interviews, I got a job at the federal prison. You know? Wow. Yeah, so it's like... You, you probably didn't need an interview for that one, though. No. No. You could have like, saved hey, yourself 29 packets. Yeah, you, you used to be here. You know the system. Come on in. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I um, I did them different. I, I tailored inter- resumes for each job. Yeah. Um, I had a good re- good resume. I probably over the course of time, I probably put in a hundred resumes, and I think I got um, one interview for a manual labor job at a not for profit lifting food boxes, and I didn't get the job. Um, I think part of my problem, and and this maybe maybe part of the challenge, um, but I applied for non-skill i mean i applied to be a driver even at um like a parts store and just you know drive parts from store to customer i didn't even get i didn't even get a call back on that um with my you know 45 years old perfect driving record some of these jobs like that i would put a bachelor's degree some of them i wouldn't um to try to change it up so i don't know you know i never broke the code on why fully why I didn't get interviewed. Part of it, though, was for me, whenever I tried to get a job in, um, if I put down that I had a bachelor's degree, my bachelor's degree is in religion. So it, it killed me. Yeah. It absolutely, anything outside of the, of the not-for-profit um, church religious gambit, you know, um, really just it just killed me. So even though I had a master's in religion, I have a bachelor's in religion too. So, um, that was a lot of my problem. And whenever I talked about experience, I'm putting that I'm putting on the experience that I was a, that I was a chaplain. And because that's what I spent in the last 10 years. Well, the question goes through, a company's mind why does this person have a degree in religion and they're getting out of the ministry same There's, brother i think the question i think the question can be asked what did he do wrong or what is he running mm. from or is he in trouble why not work for a church why are you trying to get a job in human resources and with a degree in religion and you've been a chaplain for 10 years yeah. so i think my my degree hurt a lot and even and this is the other thing I learned um, just from applying and talking to people and seeing 
um, not getting interviewed really. But what was happening is I'm applying for a generalist position in human resources. Someone that literally types information in yeah. um, payroll and vacation days probably makes, you know, 12, 15 an hour. Um, I'm applying for a generalist starting position at human resources with, I'm not even telling them I have a master's degree because it's overqualified and they're going to think how long is he going to stay here? And maybe he's fixing to go to his next church and he just needs to, you know, get a little job in the meantime, because it's in religion too. But here's who I'm competing against. I'm 45 years old with no experience in human resources and a degree in religion. I'm competing against a guy that's 24 years old. He's got a bachelor's degree in human human resources and management. He's got a bachelor's degree in business. I mean, who are they going to hire? It's yeah. it's not even a it's not even a thought, you know. Yeah, I understand that, and I, I first and foremost, I agree with you. Uh, the second thing I wanted to say was uh, sometimes there is a such thing as too much information. You just want to get through the door so you can stand or sit in front of people and sell yourself, right? So if someone says, uh, "Do you have a degree?" Yes, I do. Oh, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I have a master's. If they ask, you know, like, which kind of degree do you have? I have a master's or I have a bachelor's. I don't expound on it. You know, I do. Or if they say, do you have a degree? I say, yeah, I have a bachelor's. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, like that. And that may, sometimes maybe that's all you need to put on the resume. And, you know, I tried that. To be yeah. honest with you, Mark, I, I did. Um, a good portion of my resume is I just put bachelor of science. Um, right. But, you know, my career... My uh, career coach said it's really debatable on that one because she said a lot of times a company will just wonder why aren't they putting what they're – I mean it's just norm, it's normative on a resume to put you got a bachelor's degree in, right. in art yeah. if you're applying for an art job. And she said, you know, it's she was kind of mixed about it because she said if you put it, it's kind of like, man, this guy's degree in religion. If you don't put it, it's kind of like, why is this guy not telling us what his degree is in? And do yeah. what works, man. Try it all. Do yeah. what works. Okay. Yep. Thank you, Jim. What I was about to say was you you have a hundred uh, resumes out there. You got you you received one interview, right, or one call back or whatever. Yeah. Right? So I think you having that on there, you you have some you know, some data to say, okay, this right here is not working. Let me try it this way. Yeah. Change it up. Speaking <laughs> of not working, if this. If this job thing doesn't work out, you can always open up Father Wag's resume preparation service. I see it now. I mean, you can just do resumes, help people do resumes. You got it. There's your own business right there. I thought you were going to recommend a mobile baptizing service or something. Hey, if that works. See, now you're thinking. You're thinking outside the box. You don't need a resume for that. If you think about that, during COVID, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it can, it can sell. But I'm trying, I, I'll do a <laughs> dedication for you, and I'll even keep my mask on. Damn, you see, this is the thinking you need. <laughs> you you have it all down. You have your commercial and everything down pat, man. <laughs> I'll even do a, a first time special for fifty nine ninety five. I'll do last rites and a baby dedication. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look, you see this? We got him a job already. It's there. Is there? I'm telling you, man. A lot of churches are not open. I'm just putting mm-hmm. that out there. Putting that out there. And a lot of people are scared right now. That's right. 
It can happen. And it's, it's not even like uh, you're not even making fun of it. That's something right. You can actually true. It's, uh, it's legit. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, I've never seen one. When yeah. you say it can happen, what are you talking about? Communion twenty nine ninety five. He's unstoppable now, man. You see that? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we are making light of it, but this is how you get outside the box. This is how yeah. you create opportunities. Yeah. But if you don't have your own grape juice and wafers, I'm going to have to charge you four ninety nine upcharge. There you go. <laughs> uh, hey, throw in the cup. <laughs> yeah, and it's got to be. I like it. Though. I like it. got to be gluten free, too. Yeah, gluten free. Was that extra? Six ninety nine. Yeah, six ninety nine. Take something out of it, and I have to pay more. Yeah, yeah. Let's work. Man, I just just could have had to pull the pin there. Dang it! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. It can work. I'm telling you. But I tell you, I tell you, this is this is what I'm talking about right here. Is this is the kind of thinking. That, that will drive you, even in your resumes, even in the jobs you apply for. When you start thinking outside the box, that's what makes the originality. That's what makes the approach. That's what makes you put something in there that people are like, oh, wait a minute. You know, this guy might be a creative thinker. This guy might be somebody we need. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, another thing I was going to touch on, Wags, with the resume, it's like you, I have resumes designed for a certain position that I applied for. Like, and I can't think of any offhand, but... If it had nothing to do with law enforcement, the position I was applying for, they would not ever know that I was a police officer. And I have a bachelor's in criminal justice, right? They would not know on that resume. They wouldn't know that I was a police officer. Because I know some people, how they feel about police officers, you know? So just just a little hint there. Hey, I was going to ask you about that, Mike. How's that bachelor in criminal justice working out for you? Oh, it, it's kept me out of a lot of... Uh, mm-hmm. Jobs? Yeah. What? That a lot of jobs? What? Uh, trouble. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Is that, that would you pull over? Hey, I got a bachelor's criminal justice? No, it's on my back window. Oh, got it. Got yeah. It. Yep. <laughs> University of Texas. Got it. When I'm in Georgia, hey. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that, too, because a lot of guys uh, want to be cops, you know, and they go to these criminal justice courses, all that. And then they go to the police force. They just find out they just need 60 credits in basket weaving and they can have a cho- cop job. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's slowly changing, though. Sure. And yeah. it probably should. It probably should. Yeah, it's slowly changing because these days they don't want people directly off the street. You know what I mean? Back in the day, we wanted guys who we can mold. You know, we don't want people with those mistakes and all of that. Now, eh, it's changing. Well, nowadays, I got to feel like nobody's coming to <laughs> Wags. I think there is an opportunity there, too. What's that? Be a cop. Yeah, be a cop. Oh, I was a – did I not tell you I was a cop for a while? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm good. Yeah. Now's not the time. Mm-hmm. Why not? That's the second best job I ever had. Yeah, well, now you're not you're not there now. Right. No, I can't uh I'm glad part of me is glad I did it, but all of me is glad I'm doing it for now. Mm. Yeah, I can never go back and do it. Yeah. yeah. So if you gotta tell some other people in your scenario there, what would you tell them? Other vets, 
coming out looking for employment. Mm. Some wags advice. Hey, five bucks. Stay in a wags few more advice. Years. What do you say? Stay in a few more years. Few more years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say, um, I would say, and this is one thing that I that I'm glad I did do. Um, take advantage of every benefit you can from the military while you're in, including education. Um, I took a lot of CLEP courses that were free through when I was in the Navy through the college office. And I went to a school that I knew in advance, hey, they accept a lot of CLEP classes for uh, for my electives. And my friend joked me that my bachelor's degree is in CLEPs. I got so many CLEPs. But I took all those for free. I used tuition assistance while I was in. I got out. I used my GI Bill. And um, like a major I knew used to tell me, the Army is a fickle mistress. When she's done with you, she's done. So take all you can while you're in. And that yeah. would be my encouragement to everybody. And anybody – Anybody don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, the CLEP test is basically you're testing out of a subject because you know that you have the knowledge of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you standardize test well, studying is honestly is, is minimum if you test well. It's just one of those things. You've got to benefit if you take multiple choice tests pretty well and, and know a little bit about the subject. I clept educational psychology and psychology, and I never had a class in psychology, never read a book on it. It just I just test well, and a lot of hey, a lot of folks. <clears throat> Maybe we should give this information out because now the guys are in now, they might <laughs> change the standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say uh, besides not having a job, let's pull the pin on the job. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> let's kind of transition over to our favorite segment uh, where we pull the pin on something we just uh, want to be done with and call it a day and. Anybody got anything? Wags? Yep. I got a shout out to all my retired sergeant majors and first sergeants. You damn been in the Army 25 or 30 years, and you want to get out and work on a range. Give Joe a hard time. Do like everybody else and work at a used car lot or something and move on. Uh, I appreciate you guys. What's the matter, Mike? Do you work in a range? No, I don't. No, I don't. Well, you weren't a sergeant major, even if you did. No, no, no. But I'm like, damn, what's he at for? <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't, Fort Carson, you can't find somebody working on a range that's not a retired first sergeant or sergeant major. Yeah. Sergeant yeah, Major, man. what are you doing here? Yeah. Dang, you already done it. You lived your life. Go do something different. Yeah, but they're paying me three times now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Less responsibility. Yes. You know. I can blame the military. That's, that's Them damn say. soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything, Mike? No, I don't have anything, but um, I, I, I could talk about one thing. You know. Um, there is a, well, no, that's a person of the week. Pull the pin on Books. Books. And pencils? No, just books. Okay. Mainly speaking about them damn ebooks or books online and things of that nature. Why is it that we can't go back to just having books? I don't get it. You know, I like having that 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 book that 
you know, yeah, you can lose it, you can misplace it or whatever, but the book is there. You know, if you don't have access to online, oh, God forbid, you're driving through somewhere that doesn't have a signal, you know, then you don't have access to your book or books. So, uh, you know, I want to pull the pin on everything going online and the Internet, and we're not, you know, keeping with our traditions, at least in that regard, and having books printed. I hate it. Newspapers, the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my pull the pin. All right. Although that doesn't mean not to read books, people. That he's not saying that. Read, go read, and get it. No, I'm saying don't read. Uh, all right. So, anyways, he's not saying don't read. He he thinks he's saying that. He's telling you go get an education, read a book. Um, I'm gonna go make a few enemies. Um, probably a lot of enemies because I think even as we sit in this room, probably every one of us knows at least five or six of these people, and 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 they're, I think they're called real estate agents. I'm kind of done with them already. And the reason I'm done with them is they could be the worst agents in the world in a good market and they still get paid. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've had the chance to purchase a couple places as I moved about the world. Uh, and I have to tell you that, yeah, I've had some good agents, some bad agents, but really they did absolutely nothing to warrant the. The, the, what they call a fraction of the percentage. They did nothing. I mean, there are some good ones out there. I'm not going to lie. There's people that get their hustle. They work, you know. But for the most part, they're a dime a dozen. I can tell you I know like 15 of them right now. Um, we need to slimline this or, or streamline this down to like a process like the old Saturn cars, you know, car dealers, no haggle, no, no. T- I look online. This is the house. I make an appointment. I pay you 10 bucks to set up the appointment. I show up. You tell me what you want about it or leave a flyer and we're done. That's it. No 3%. No, don't be taking my money, especially on the selling side. Oh, I gets me mad when they take my money to sell my house. You know, I could just put it on the market. And if you're in a hot market, you know, but anyway, I got the option to sell it myself. So they're going to tell me that too. They're going to get mad. But anyways, I'm done with them. Let's find a better solution than all these 50 million real estate agents. That's what I'm pulling up in on. All right. Don't want to even, you don't need help to sell your house. Got it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, <laughs> People help you sell your house. You don't want to have to pay them. Got it. Yeah. I don't want to pay them that much. Right. They are worth just minimum wage to you. Yep. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Minimum wage. I ain't trying to bring nobody into your house for showing for 10 bucks. So (laughs) I ain't trying to bring nobody to my house, period. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. All right. So we need them. I'm just telling you, streamline them. Don't, this shouldn't be just a job that anybody can get. Right, right. Maybe they need a bachelor's degree in criminal justice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll sell your house. I'm not dismissing the work they put in because I did get a little secret here. I did get my real estate license and I hated every part of it. And in fact, it cost me so much money for this subscription, this join this group, do this group. Then you got to buy from other people. You got to buy all that. I spent more money trying to prepare to be a real estate agent than I did being a real estate agent. And that's where I said, you know what? That's why they're charging me so damn much because I got to pay all this crap back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just their fault, their fault, their problem. But anyway, I still want to pull the pin on them. Doesn't matter. Do away with them. We support you, Jim. Yeah, let's wage. set up a kiosk. Yep, minimum wage. A housing kiosk. <laughs> there you go. And I'm going to get the pin pulled on me eventually anyway. I so know, right? Just for that comment. 
we're going to pull a pin on this whole episode and we will be back next time. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you like what you have to say. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Subscribe on Rumble as well as YouTube. And we hope you catch you back here next time here at Pull the Pin Already. Until then, Godspeed. And pull the pin. Pull the pin.